Uh, welcome to the Student Pages podcast. My name is Grace and I'm joined by comedian Nathan Caton. How are you doing today, Nathan? You had a good day? Yeah, I'm good, man. I believe you've just set off on your new tour, Let's Talk About Vex. You had the first night, I believe it was uh, Leicester kicked off last weekend. Mm. How did it go? Nice to be touring again. You know, mm-hmm. it's my first tour in about four or five years. Um, it felt to be good. You know, it felt good to be, you know, back just doing what I love after two years of just being bored in my house. Like before the pandemic, I used to love being at home. And then during the pandemic, I was like, I wish I was in a travel lodge in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> just this is boring. It's pretty low when you're wishing you're in the travel lodge. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I went to a dark place in the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get into the wishing that you're at the premiere in, that's then it starts to be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> now I just I just want to be out. Now just yeah. So your last tour, Pursuit of Happiness tour. Are you a big Kid Cudi yeah. fan? The name came from the Will Smith film, The Pursuit ah, of Happiness. Yes. And it was all yeah. That show was all about like me uh, <laughs> moving out of my mum's house for the first time and all the all the drama and problems that came with that. Where now oh, this the show that let's talk about Vex. It's mm-hmm. I've I've kind of grown up. I've evolved. I'm a, I'm a grown adult now with my own place and bills and responsibilities and et cetera. So I don't give away everything. You have to come to the mm. show to see what exactly is going on in my life. But yeah, I'm, I'm a grown up now. I'm a big boy. You're a grown up, big boy. Okay, so let's talk about Vex. I've got to know where the name comes from that as well. Because obviously I was getting like, okay, Vexed, but also let's talk about sex. So how did that merge together? Yeah. So basically I was trying to summarize like, how I felt over like the last two years. Because basically the show is just like, the last two years of my life mm-hmm. and how I felt and how I felt was frustrated and just like and get I found myself getting annoyed at mm-hmm. night the, the tiniest the tiniest little things I, I was just get annoyed by so I was I was I was irritated I was angry and then that's when I was like well, I feel vexed oh, like, oh, how, okay. can I, how can I put that into a show and then obviously this salt and pepper let's talk about sex I was like okay well how about let's talk about vex and voila <laughs> here we are so it's, it's a lot of it based around, obviously you mentioned it's it's about your almost coming of age 2.0 story, yeah. but it is a lot of it based around uh, what you did in lockdown. I believe you also had YouTube little vlog series. Yeah, I, I, did, I did lots of things during lockdown to kind of uh, mm-hmm. try and stay sane and keep me entertained, well, keep me entertained, like, keep myself entertained. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd just chuck myself into like social media doing stuff on like insta and tiktok and youtube and doing zoom gigs and stuff um because otherwise i would have just yeah i would just gone but i just there's only there's only so much fifa and porn a man can, can <laughs> um <laughs> so i just have to keep trying to keep myself busy but yeah the show, so the last two years it's about yeah life in lockdown things that have gone in, in in the world not just with the pandemic but other things that i've got an opinion on and then also things in my personal life as well because there's been mm. stuff that's happened which you know is, is it's been eventful mm-hmm. to say the least i i have yeah. noticed that obviously once you start becoming so much more acclimatized to the travesty that's going on in the news every single day politics coronavirus lockdown etc etc i began upset over the strangest things like i'm like oh man i've got to do two loads of laundry today <laughs> like it was <laughs> boiling down to such tiny little issues so i completely get yeah. what you mean by it being i'm almost motivated by spite in that point <laughs> yeah I I I got I remember getting angry because I had to put on jeans to go out. <laughs> I, I got so, so used. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So I don't remember. I don't remember being so like. Oof, I can't even like breathe down there. Yeah, 
because I'm, I'm, I'm so used to just like wearing like baggy pants or lounge pants or all that. Sometimes if I'm doing Zoom gigs, no pants because they can't see what's going on down there. But then like, when I was going back out to the comedy club, I was like, man, I have to, I have to put on jeans. I have to leave my house. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you'd certainly get some reviews if you had no pants on. <laughs> Well, not necessarily about <laughs> the comedy. But... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> how was how was the comedy set? Just like him, short. <laughs> I had a look through uh, your vlogs and your YouTube channels. Uh, mm. Also, I I love your uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles poster on this. I'm a very big fan. I had a I had a bath toy of Donatello with me. Anyway, um... my favorite tale. No, I I should point out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in my this is my this is my office spare room. Which I've decorated like total stuff everywhere. Like what you can see is just the tip of the iceberg. So I've got like teddies and action figures and stuff all over the place. And I used to do a lot of Zoom gigs right here where I am. And like every now and again, I, like you hear the audience going, "Oh, he's doing a gig from his kids' room." <laughs> I, I don't have kids. It's me. <laughs> I am the kid. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, I think I watched uh, one about Valentine's Day most recently, and obviously Valentine's Day has just uh, passed now. Uh, yeah. there, was, there was a lot of vex going on in, uh, in that. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, have you celebrated differently this year? Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't as angry as vex. <laughs> it was. Yeah, because now that we're allowed out, mm-hmm. you know, there's been more, a bit more joy, shall mm-hmm. we say? But it was again. It was, it was a lazy one. Yeah, my girlfriend and I we just got a takeaway, came back, you know, had some takeaway and. Some champagne, some wine, just watch crappy TV. Really, yeah, it was it was it was nice and chilled, uh, low maintenance, just how I like it. That sounds great. I felt exactly the same. Uh, funnily enough, my parents actually got married on Valentine's Day, so I've been pushed from a young age to never go out on that day. But I, I did go out for a couple of drinks, and there was the worst date going on. Like sat. Uh, directly in my view line there was a guy that actually returned the cocktails and didn't like anything with the food and like I could just see this woman just dying in her own hands which I mean like you're gonna get any entertainment out of any of it (laughs) yeah oh mate I mean was it was it like a first date or well I'm assuming not they seem to have known each other for a while but I I do love that sort of stuff especially when you used to go to Nando's you see like first dates happening in there and it was all going wrong that was a favorite pastime of mine (laughs) I like it when you see someone in Nando's on the first date and they've (laughs) overestimated the spice yes apparently and I don't know where I heard this from I think it was someone one of my friend's friends used to work there but guys would go and ask to put they'd ask for the lemon and hair but ask for the flag to be like extra hot or something okay. like that. And I was like, that is like vanity at the lowest level. <laughs> really. I've never known people to get the ick from like having non-spicy chicken, but I, I guess <laughs> you are a master of many mediums and you also write for a couple of kids shows. Is, is this something mm. that you've always wanted to do? Honestly, never in my dreams. No. When I first started doing stand-up, I never thought, yeah, I want to be right for a kid show. It just mm. happened that it just, it just worked out. You no, know, it just fell into place. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I've I, I, so I wrote for Rastamouse many years ago now. And then in the last year or two, I've been writing for Jojo and Grand Grand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's been fun. I, mean, I think it's because like, it's about the West Indian culture and coming from a West Indian background. That helps. But it's just, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. And yeah, it's been cool, man. I have to admit, a little pipe dream of mine is to be like a voice actor for a kid's show. Because I think like okay. you don't get to be silly enough in like day-to-day life. <laughs> but I, just, I have to okay. imagine doing voices all of the time. I think it's really... Yeah. I'm very impressed to actually meet somebody who has their own Wikipedia page. And I do? That, like, that's how... You have a Wikipedia page. Oh, gosh. What have people said Congratulations. about Congratulations. <laughs> I'm sorry that you found out this way. 
You can go and uh, Google yourself. <laughs> just don't, don't believe everything you hear on Wikipedia. What does it say? Nathan Caton is a 20-year-old white woman from Scarborough. <laughs> so, so what? The person who approved that was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <I'll do." laughs> well, one of the funny things I actually found on it, it says uh, that, and I'm quoting this, you resurfaced in 2013, mocking Justin Bieber's most recent tour. And I was like, I love how that's notable enough that it made it onto the Wikipedia page that you mocked yeah. Justin Bieber's talk. Of all of all the things that I've done in my career, why why is that made onto Wikipedia? Like, I don't even remember doing that myself. And, and said, Nathan resurfaced. I didn't go anywhere. I was in hibernation. I've always been here. What do you mean resurfaced? I wasn't... What? That's See, like the don't believe anything if somebody's Wikipedia. chatting about you behind your back, but now you've got it on paper, there is like a blockchain of it now. I think it's my brother. I think he's done some purpose to wind me up. <laughs> I, I did actually also read on the page that um, you test out a lot of your material on on your mum, on your brother. Obviously, a lot of your material comes from there, very family-centric. I, I, I used... I don't do it as much now, but I used mm-hmm. to do it a lot. And like When I first started, I would try out a lot of my new jokes on my mum. And yeah, a lot of my jokes are very family-centric. I think now I, I, I go to new material nights, so I've got like an, an actual audience there to try on. But in my younger days, yeah, definitely. I used to try out a lot of new stuff. Like, just I'd be in my mom's bedroom while she's, like, reading a book in bed. I'm like, mom, listen to this. And she's like, okay, yeah, that's nice, thanks. Okay, Nathan, just, just, I think she's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Just hurry up and just go, go, leave me alone. Is there any conflict about if if you're telling a joke about your mom and you're having to test it on her and she's either like, that? well, that didn't happen? Like... I would always give her, like, a pre-warning. Like, okay, this joke's about you. No offence, but it's just a joke, yeah? She'd be like, mm-hmm. But I could tell about it, look, that, mm-hmm, like, watch what you say because I will slap the black off you um mm-hmm, yeah when I told my parents that I did comedy the first thing my mum says was like I'm never coming to one of your shows I don't want to hear what you have to say and I was like Is yeah no, that's oh. why she checks out <laughs> <laughs> now my mum my wants to come like to that, my, the current tour she wants to come to that I'm like oh, I, I have a thing about family or just people I know come to mm. see me I don't I don't like it I'd rather have complete strangers rather than someone I know because I feel conscious that they're there. I feel exactly the same. I think there's almost such a pressure when people know to be funny. And it's like, I'm, I'm, A, I'm not being paid right now. And, mm. and, and B, like, it's one thing to make a group of strangers laugh. It's another thing to make a group of acquaintances laugh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 well, it's, it's, it's an art. It's an art form. It's a skill set. You know what I mean? I, I think people, need, people don't quite, don't always appreciate all, grasp that and also there's different types of comedy but i think obviously sometimes you fit with an audience and sometimes you don't fit with an audience i found that is there like one of the, like the worst gigs especially when like when you're a student and first trying stuff is there a worst gig that kind of lingers in the back of your memory and going well at least it wasn't that one oh, i've had a few i've been going a long time now so i've had a few did a <laughs> i did okay so i would have been early 20s i did a, a gig uh, a lacrosse festival there's a festival for lacrosse <laughs> exactly surprised me too and it surprised me that they thought i would be the face the fit for lacrosse like come look at me like come on every other person there is called tarquin <laughs> yeah exactly it's like, and, and here here's me going yeah yeah what's going on guys cool yeah well, well. yes yeah, so i did this gig right and yeah it, it was i should have known it was gonna be crap the setup was awful as soon as we got there like there was no seating um, there's this massive stage that was kind of it was so far from the actual audience that it's like there's no connection then there was a, a rock band right on before me where people like like moshing out and all that kind of stuff and then like and then they're gonna have comedy I was like that's not gonna work mate 
Like you can't have a rock band get people hyped up and then have a comedian come on where I want people to be settled and calm and focused. It's not going to work. And it didn't. There was another comedian who was on after me. He was smart. He turned up, saw the gig and thought, I'm not doing it and left. No way. He left. And I wish I, I wish I had the balls because I was so young for no, I need to do this gig. And I, I stuck to my guns, went on stage and died on my hole. It was, I, I was meant to do 20. I don't know if I did 20. All I remember is not getting any laughs. And then afterwards, I'm outside waiting for a taxi to take me to the station. And I heard someone jump on a mic uh, inside go, all right, I'm going to tell some jokes because that comedian was pants. No, that's rude. Since then, I, every time I see the cross, a part of my heart dies. <laughs> I get that. I, I did a show at one of a friend's festival. Uh, it was like a mini thing in his hometown. And I was on pretty late by that point. But I I, I didn't have the balls you did. I, I walked off after two minutes. I wasn't supposed to do 15 because <laughs> there was an incredibly drunk woman in the first row. which She started repeating like maybe the last three words of everything that I said. Oh, but at least she enjoyed it. I guess. <laughs> Having said that, TV, obviously, you've been on uh, Live at the Apollo, which is mm. like that's like the holy grail of places to be <laughs> like how did that feel great man well great after i'd done it i was like I'll go through it. <laughs> no yeah yeah oh gosh yeah you know i, I wish i could like I've, if only i could have like just had that lacrosse audience i love to put and be like hey look at me now <laughs> i'm funny now aren't i i'm not pants now am i yeah, ends. It was it's never kind of first to do apollo because obviously like you know it's, it's the big show everyone wants to do it my agent was putting pressure on me like from about I don't know, two, three months before. So like, get your set on point. Make sure you, you perfect your set to a T. Make sure you're doing your set every single night. So when it comes to the Apollo night, it's polished and you know it. I was like, okay, okay, man. The more you're saying it, the more you can make me nervous. Like, I, I would I would have been cool and calm until you said all that on the night. Yeah, obviously, like, you hear the audience coming in and stuff. You hear them in their seats. And it's like, oh, I need to go out there and make all these people laugh. And as just as I'm about to go out, you know the, the stage that screen thing kind of comes up and all the, all the, all the smoke and I remember the show manager's like okay go I was like I can't see nothing there's smoke there. he's like no just, just walk so I was like dude I can't see where I'm going he's like walk into the smoke when you come out you, you'll be on stage and yeah you just walk into smoke and the next thing you know boom there's like how many thousand people just staring at you like come on where you got but then once I, get, once I got my first joke out, I was like, okay, I, I, I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and yeah, but it's, it's, it's a great gig to do. It's a lovely gig. Oh no, I'm very jealous. That is like, I suppose that and now the, the new thing is like Netflix, I say new thing, but like the new thing is Netflix specials, I guess. Mm. But obviously mm. they, they do, they've started putting together smaller ones and stuff like that. I, I've noticed that ever, ever since coming to London, I think it's a, it's a very definite north-south divide. But when, when you're on shows in the north, I think in the green room, everybody's trying to make everybody else laugh so hard. But in the south okay. now that I've come to like maybe slightly larger venues, everyone's just stood very silently in the green room, probably like oh, really? internally screaming like I am. But oh, I've noticed that. I mean, a lot of the rooms I've been to, I just everyone's just like quite friendly. You know, I don't think maybe having a laugh and stuff. But everyone's quite you know just like it's like one big family really. Do you have like a little like group of like uh, comedians that you like to tour with? Or I wouldn't say I have a group. No, I just go wherever. I'm told to go wherever I'm booked to go and then you know you just kind of cross paths with comedians and sometimes you might see a comedian like a few times in the space of a week and then I never mm-hmm. don't see that person again for like 
nine months. You know, it's just you just cross paths and you see different communions as you're up and down the country. So just to just to circle back to your, your new tour and the fact that you're re-touring again, is there something I, I've heard a lot of people they have a sort of love-hate relationship with being on tour. Obviously, you mentioned it's great to be out the house, but mm. now I wanted to go back inside. I think I mean obviously I love touring in terms of like I get to perform and do what I love, make people laugh, and that's cool. The, the one drawback is that uh, obviously I'm, I'm I'm not at home. Or mm-hmm. Kind of like there's certain things that you can do at home. Like I could play FIFA one on one. You know, <laughs> I'm in my own bed. Oh, the food actually, like just to have like a, a proper, healthy, wholesome, home cooked meal. Like eating junk on the road. It gets very boring very quickly. Like the first days, yeah, cool, man. Second day, it's like, okay. Third day, it's like, oh my gosh, I can feel my arteries clogging up. I, I, I do struggle with that. I get it. You, you mentioned uh, FIFA just then. I, I mean, like from what I know about guys in FIFA, I'm really surprised you've got an Xbox under your arm and carrying it everywhere you go. But uh, you are like a huge football fan, and you, you have a, you yeah. have a blog, if I'm correct. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm well. Depends. I haven't updated it for a very, very long time. But uh, I do. I do a lot of football stuff on social media. You know, I, I, uh, like during the lockdowns, I used to do a football quiz mm-hmm. uh, every weekend. And then, yeah, I do jokes about um, just, just football things on, on socials, on YouTube. Yeah, just, I, I like com- combining sport and comedy as my, my two passions. I've learned a lot about it very passively and I'm always amazed by like how much and not to be stereotypical here sort of stereotypical here how much of guys brains can be devoted to football I don't think I care about anything that much uh, um yeah it's um yeah I mean you do get those guys who take football very seriously and if I'm honest I, I'm probably I'm one of those guys you know what I mean <laughs> if, my, if my team lose oh you don't don't over? talk to me just 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 leave me alone Leave me alone. Right? You, you just, just let me punch a wall, knock my head against a door, and I'll come back when I'm calmed down, which will be like, like you know, in about a week or two. No, I get, I get that. I respect you. You're a Brentford fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I hate people who jump on the bandwagon though and just go for the big five. I always think that's such a cop out. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 I thought no. 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 I, I want. I want a lifetime of misery and heartache. So yeah, Brentford. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Now it's only well. I say that I mean, we're in the Premier League now, so I'll, I can't complain. I can't say the same about Hull. It's uh, getting very depressing. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, you had your time in the Premier League. So just uh, just get get your tickets. Uh, go to nathancaton dot com. Just nathancaton Click on the the live tab, and you'll see when when I'm near you. Hit the tickets. Come down to the show. It will be a laugh. I said I talk about lots of things. Well, it was absolutely lovely to.